you know, time is obviously your friend that if you are in it to a reasonable amount of time, long enough, you're going to understand what the pitfalls are. And when you approach by potential partnerships, relationships, and deals, those red flags become a lot more evident. You just see them. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me today, I'm excited to have Alex Kogan. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm great, Todd. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And Alex, you've got a uh, extensive background in real estate, been in the business for uh, 20-ish years. Why don't you give our listeners a bit about your background, your company, what your focus is today? Kind of, I, let's go through a little bit of that transition because you've had a, a history of uh, being in this market. Sure. So uh, starting out, I grew up in a very um, entrepreneurial um, construction and real estate family. Um, so just by being around it, I think I had no fear and thought at some at some point I'll get into it. But I, I took the I took a detour actually. I taught high school for about a year and a half, thinking I was going to save the world and yeah, uh, stay as far it. as I can away from building and real estate and and all that. I think I was a little bit young and dumb. And anyway. Um, so after teaching high school for a year and a half, I actually were, was vacationing in, in this little town called Durango, Colorado on the weekends. Um, and at some point when I was done teaching high school, I said, you know, I could move here and I could start a construction company and I think I could do pretty well. Well, again, it was, it was more of that um, uh, overconfidence. Uh, so I just did it and moved to, moved to Durango, Colorado 20 years ago. Started, a, went to work for another builder, did that for about a year, and then started my company. And, uh, you know, the timing was great. Company took off. We doubled in size uh, every year for quite a few years and grew that company to be the largest design build firm. We were fully integrated designers, architects, uh, construction team. Uh, and so, so I built that to be the largest in Southwest Colorado. And uh, about three months ago, actually sold that company and exited that. My family and I moved back to Chicago, where I'm from. And uh, but backing up, um, shortly after starting the company 20 years ago, I also started developing. So I have great opportunities to build single-family spec homes, small uh, developments, you know, 10, 12 uh, lot subdivisions some mixed use, some condos, townhomes, uh, and then as well as single family rentals. So uh, continued down that path, did pretty well there, uh, assembled a single family portfolio. Uh, and then I, I think I went through the same cycle that most do that, you know, at some point you get to a single family portfolio and it's driving you crazy and you're managing and you're running all over the place. And you're thinking there must be a better way. So um, learned about, um, not that I didn't know about it, but I had an opportunity actually eight, nine years ago to buy a large uh, multifamily project. And we got to the 12th hour and there's some partner issues and, and people I wasn't comfortable partnering with. So I pulled the plug on that deal. But it got me thinking that at some point I, I really need to find the right partners 
the right structure and, uh, and invest. And, and that's what I did several years ago. So pivoted out of a single family, divested, or I should say divesting, I still have some stragglers that I own, um, but divested of the majority of my single family and uh, started investing as an LP, uh, a limited partner uh, investor, and then started getting more involved with some of the guys that I was investing with and got on the general partnership side. And then ultimately uh, in the last year or so, I've been really focused on being a key principal, lending my balance sheet, uh, helping groups raise capital, raise equity uh, operationally as well. And uh, that, that's been a good, a good move for me. So that's what I'm primarily specializing in now, as well as my distressed debt business. So I buy non-performing notes. That's about half of my business. The other half is uh, apartments. So a little bit about the non-performing notes before we dive into the apartment side. Uh, explain that to our listeners for those who don't know what that is. Sure. So what we do is we buy uh, bad debt, in essence, from banks. So loans that have gone into default. And I, I specialize in second liens rather than first liens. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different play. It'd probably take a while to explain really the strategy and the reasons. Um, but uh, imagine that uh, a simple example, let's just say you've got a house, a $500,000 house, the owner decided to finish their basement, took a $100,000 home equity loan to finish their basement. Yeah. Some, some economic event happened and they kept paying their first mortgage but stopped paying on that home equity loan of that $100,000 loan. That's the type of asset that I buy. So banks will at some point aggregate a pool of these $100,000 loans, so to speak, and sell a larger pool. And that's what we will buy. And then we go back to the homeowner and because we bought it at such a discount, we can negotiate a modification of their loan. Um, sometimes they'll pay it off. There's a number of exit strategies. And um, so we are not trying to get at the asset. Uh, the guys in the first lien space, they want, they want to foreclose, they want to get the asset and then fix and flip it um, uh, or, or turn it into rental. That's not what we do. We, we're trying to keep people in the house and and help them and obviously make a profit as well so so you might have a 100k a second and maybe you guys can buy it for i'm just going to throw a number out there thirty thousand dollars or something like that yep and instead of having to charge um you know the the 500 bucks a month that that they were getting charged you guys can come in you could charge you know 250 200 bucks something like that exactly renegotiate with them and uh, that's that's exactly right um you know it might be uh changing the uh the monthly payment um the you know the term but that's ultimately it and then we will season the note we get that borrower to perform and pay for six to 12 months and then we resell that loan on the secondary market because mm. now it's worth a lot more uh, and in some cases we'll just keep the note for for cash flow. So multiple exit strategies, keep it. You can even sell a partial. I could sell you, you know, half of the payments and keep the back, the back half. Huh. Interesting. So when you buy this, let's say you buy this loan for 30 K that was started out as a hundred. Um, does the borrower still owe a hundred? 
They do, but but I'm in, and they you actually may owe. They actually may owe. You know, the unpaid balance that you can yeah, maybe a hundred thousand, yeah. but they may have another twenty five thousand in arrears. Yeah. So I'm in a position where I could forgive the arrears. I can forgive some of the principal. So there's a number of things I can do based on what what did I buy the loan at? What's the specific situation with the borrower? So you, you got to understand where they're at and you come up with a win-win. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you, you could actually take their 100K and you could, you could forgive some of that if you wanted to, if it made sense to continue um, having them pay or get this loan right-sized. Um, interest, very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that sounds like kind of a, kind of a fun uh, business. Yeah, uh, and then the the other part of your business then is the multifamily, and so you're looking at coming in as a as a KP, and you're looking at coming in as a as a partner as well, uh, a part of the general partnership with strategic partnerships, um, and helping provide value that way. Uh, what's a explain a, a KP and like why is it even why is it necessary? Like why would I want to bring you on as a KP? What what's that? Sure. Mean? Well, typically the, the KP role, you know, key principal, um, you've got guys who have some experience and have syndicated deals, um, but their net worth is not there yet to be able to take down a deal uh, independently. So, um, you know, you, you typically need to have the, the same amount of the net worth as the amount of the loan and plus 10% of that in liquid funds post-closing. So you, that's, that's the typical um, benchmark of where you need to be to qualify for agency debt. So that's where I come in. And if you, know, if you have a, whatever, we'll just throw out some random numbers. If you have a net worth of 5 million and the deal takes 10 million, um, I can come in and help as the key principal, satisfy that need for the loan. Uh, additionally, help operationally, um, you know, with especially, I have a construction background as well. So, you know, evaluating the property, evaluating the CapEx, the value add rehab needs. Um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm there, I can help the operators um, raise equity and then on a go forward basis, just operationally as the asset manager, make sure that the property manager is, is doing what they need to be doing. Um, just another set of eyes and support. Yeah. So you're looking for a, a, a partnership of something that, you know, ideally for you is something that you can add real value to that you can bring your skill, your specific skill sets into um, the right deals uh, that make, that makes sense for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. You know, guys who want to scale their business, and have good deal flow and that are boots on the ground and understand the markets and the sub markets. Um, that's a perfect candidate for me that would bring me deal flow and say, look, I've got a great deal. I'm looking at it. Um, you know, and ideally I, I want to get to know you even before you have a deal. Uh, that, that's the interesting dynamic. I get a lot of phone calls from guys that, yeah, I've got, I've got a deal uh, under LOI and I need earnest money uh, Monday. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that's important. But yeah, so ideally, I'd get to know uh, those potential partners early on, well before they have a deal. You know, what's their track record? Uh, what kind of person are they, etc. And then when they have the deal, 
then it's a matter of us focusing on the deal rather than the relationship. The relationship's already built. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's just say that they have that that deal that comes along. I would be there shoulder to shoulder with them to underwrite it. Um, I can help uh, somebody maybe that doesn't have the net worth and as long of a track record to be taken seriously. I can provide my balance sheet, my financial statements that the seller and seller's agent can, can feel that there's some horsepower behind uh, the offer and the buyers. So I've done that and uh, you know, we just go on from there and make sure that the deal is right. Makes sense for everybody. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's talk a little bit about your, your construction business and, and, and really your businesses now. Um, and I wanna talk about you know, the success of those businesses and you know, you said you, you started your company in Southwest Colorado and became the largest in that area. You know, what are some key factors that took you there and that you still employ today uh, that our listeners can get from you? Key factors to be able to grow your business. I mean, everybody that is listening here wants to continue to grow their business, mostly multifamily investors that want to grow and, and uh, have success. So what can you give us? Sure. Well, I can tell you some of the key uh, strategic moves that I did early on that set me up for success. And I think some of those are applicable to different businesses and, um, you know, and, and some to the uh, apartment space as well. Uh, one of, the, one of the, the biggest things that I did early on is recognize what the market didn't have. It didn't have a lot of design build players. It was the typical builder and separate architects, separate uh, interior designers, engineers, landscape designers, you know, all these different entities. So it was challenging for somebody who decided to, uh, you know, buy a piece of property and, and build a house, design and build a house. So I brought that in-house early and I did that, you know, delicately. I didn't just go out and say, I'm going to, you know, hire an architect tomorrow and have the overhead because I didn't have, you know, enough business starting out at first. So uh, the strategic alliances and partnerships, that, that philosophy, I think, uh, can, has, has been successful and continues on today with all the businesses that I have today. So, um, you know, I'm a, I, I certainly can call myself a designer. I'm not an architect. I was you know, never trained as an architect, but I, I have a good eye and I know how to design homes. So early on, I started aligning myself with draftsmen and architects that I could outsource to. So I could drive the design process. I could make it much more integrated so I can be pricing the project as we're designing it and having a significant design involvement myself. And naturally, uh, that took off. We, uh, you know, the company grew as a result. I think the company grew as a result of, of smart marketing. I mean, no mystery there. So between the marketing and the differentiator of design build, the company took off and did well. And then naturally, as the amount of work came in that could support, you know, a full-time architect, and that's, of course, when I transitioned and hired somebody as a full-time architect, and then it led to uh, a full-time interior designer on staff, and then it was two interior designers on staff, and then it, it just continued to grow where I had a choice. Do I keep hiring or do I 
have some relationships that I could outsource to. So when you have an overflow, a bottleneck of work, we created some draftsman and architect relationships where we said, look, we want you to work on 30% of the project or 50% of the project so we can be nimble and react to the, the economic environment, to what's happening with the company and grow or contract as we need it. And um, outside of the recession, of course, 2009, you know, my company, we, we were profitable every year, even, even through the recession. Uh, and although we contracted, we did really well because of our business model, because we had so much of a backlog in design work, you know, people are thinking about engaging in design. Uh, they're making those commitments a year or two or three or even four or five before they actually build. So we had a lot of momentum uh, with those kind of commitments going into the recession. Uh, the majority of them kept going and took advantage of pricing. Um, so those are some of the key things that we did. Uh, of course, uh, human capital is, is critical and having the right team, the right people. And, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I think one of my gifts is to hire the right people and have a good sense about people. Um, so I could weed out the people that I knew would, would not be successful in my organization and really find the right guys and groom them and mentor them and let them do what they're really good at. Um, and that, that was certainly key. I had an amazing management team um, that helped scale and grow the business. Um, so yeah, uh, those were some of the key, key initiatives. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. I really like, you know, recognizing what's lacking and, and aligning yourself with others. I mean, that's, that's something I've been really taking a, a look at in my business as well right now is to be able to grow. Uh, how can I figure out how to align better with people and versus trying to, trying to do too much myself? Um, because it just, it, you, you can do it all on your own, but it, what are you trying to achieve? Um, and so if you're trying to achieve something special, you, you just can't, you can't do it on your own. Um, if you're trying to just buy one property, can you do it on your own? Sure. You know, um, it takes you a while to get there. You'll get there and you, you're not going to be able to grow. So that's something I've really been, uh, it's really been speaking to me lately is just being able to strategically align with the right people, uh, to grow and expand the business. Yeah, hundred percent. That's, that's been, um, you know, of course in the construction business, that's what I did. But in the last three years, I've seen that philosophy, um, you know, pay dividends in terms of the distressed debt space, the apartment space. I, I also have a, um, a business coach, um, that I, um, I go to quarterly in Toronto and, and Dan Sullivan will say, you got to find your who. You know, it's not, uh, I think a lot of people get focused on how and what in their business, you know, is it what software or what market and all this, but a lot of it is, is your who. So who is your right partner to plug that one hole that you might be struggling with, whether it's, whether it's underwriting or whether it's, you know, deal flow and, uh, and broker relationships, or is it asset management? So identify of course you're identifying what what the issue is and then you got to find your who who is that right person yeah 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, and that's, yeah, I, I just brought on uh, an underwriter, and not just uh, fairly recently, but, um, you know, and, and looking at, you know, I brought on some people to to actually try to find deals. And those are the some key elements, some key holes that were in my uh, boat. And, you know, you got to fill those, like you said. What's a big mistake that you've had or just a mistake in general that you've had that you've been able to learn from and really grow from? Um, well, despite me having, uh, I should say, what I think is a good radar for people, I've certainly have made some mistakes with some partnerships that, that didn't work out. And, and, and that happens. And I think, um, Probably the mistake that I made is, is not that I got myself into some some marginal partnerships and relationships, is that I let it get me down and and exhaust me emotionally, mm-hmm. rather than just looking at it as it's just it's a cost of doing business. It's part of business. You know, you gotta you gotta pull yourself out of it. See what happened. Learn from it. How could, I, how could I have structured this deal with some protections in place for things to blow up? Uh, I think, you know, I'll certainly have learned from that to imagine the worst uh, without going overboard, because if you imagine the worst, you'll never get any kind of deal done. Um, but have some more protections in place, but don't get so bogged down uh, that it went south. Learn, move on, keep your energy and your spirit high so that you're ready for the next deal and you're ready to move on and I just get stuck. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and moving on quickly is so important. And I, I've gotten stuck like dealing with contractors. I can think of uh, right off the top of my head, you know, they're, they're not doing their job. They're whatever, not get, not getting the work done on time. It's not the right quality, whatever it is. And you just keep on like letting them continue to be on the job, not wanting to shake it up. And it's like, you know, sometimes the partner is not the right person and you got to just move on. Um, is there anything now that you do to make sure that that's the right person? Obviously there's, there's never a perfect formula, but what are some of the things you're really looking for or doing, uh, to help make sure you're getting into the better partnerships? I think I'm spending more time betting them certainly. Um, I think, you know, a few years ago, I was, I was more eager to get into deals and I didn't know what I didn't know. So I think, you know, time is obviously your friend that if you are in it to a reasonable amount of time, long enough, you're going to understand what the pitfalls are. And when you approach by potential partnerships, relationships and deals, those red flags become a lot more evident. You just see them. Yeah. Um, so you know, and even when I don't see them, I spend more time doing due diligence on the deals and the partners and trying to de-risk the deal as much as I can. You know, I'm in a place in life, fortunately, that I don't have to do deals. I don't, you know, I've, I've done well. So the deals that I do have to make sense and not, you know, put my uh, my family and my the work I've done for you know, over 20 years at risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- I, I think, you know, you said it earlier, um, is you're building that relationship first. You know, the guy that's just giving you a call and says, Hey, I, I need some earnest money. You're going, uh, who are you? Like you said, uh, versus, 
if we build a relationship, you know a lot better. Okay, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I would enjoy working with this person, partnering with them. Now we can look at more at the deal than focus on that relationship, which I, th I thought was really valuable information you gave right away. Yeah, I think it's, it also speaks volumes of people that are willing to put in the time to build a relationship mm -hmm. and do the work. Yeah. And I think that's the way they're going to handle business and the deal, right? Versus just transactional. I need X. I'm going to panic. I'm going to find my who or my what and call you last minute. I think that speaks volumes on the other side of things for the type of business person that they are. That's really good advice. And those who didn't really take that, I mean, you listen back, you, you want to be a person that's focusing on building relationships and focus on, focus on that versus just like that, the next deal and focus on the, the what you want to focus on the who and, and how they're building those relationships, forming that, making sure you've got good people behind you in front of you. Um, is so important. And I hear it over and over on this podcast as I interview people. So many people talk about the team uh, being one of the most important factors of their success. And you're saying the same thing. So, Yeah, 100%. And, and what's, what's really interesting that I've noticed that you don't think that one person could, or one relationship can make that significant of a difference. But what I find is when one person comes into your world, they have so many other relationships. So the multiplier effect is so powerful that you're having a discussion and somebody says, well, well, my buddy, you know, went to college down there and yada, yada, yada. Before you know it, there's another relationship that has another relationship. And, and that's just the way this business works. So it, it's key. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, what, what's a daily habit that sets you up for success? Uh, good, good question. I think the biggest thing that I do is consistency. Um, and I try to, you know, all of in, in the two buckets of businesses, the, you know, the, the top three initiatives that I need to do to be successful, I just try to stay consistent. There's not a lot of, you know, in my mind, rocket science in this. Yeah. Um, you know, what I've been getting better at is really setting long-term goals, but then working backwards and breaking them down into bite-sized, you know, whether it's a monthly, quarterly, or even daily goal of how I get there. Um, because if you're not measuring and monitoring your path as you go along, it's easy to look back, you know, two months and say, I really haven't done anything yeah. to work towards um that goal of mine and uh you know it's funny i hear people saying you know i want to get to 450 million under management in three years but i don't see them acting and talking about what that means in terms of you know how many broker relationships that's going to take is that possible in one market um how many deals are obviously going to have to uh, close on a quarterly basis to get there, how many investors they need. So that's what I mean is you have to really break that down, down. and and say, okay, I, I've got to talk to five investors a day. I've got to talk to 10 brokers a day, yada, yada, yada. What does that roadmap look like? And, you know, I, I think as a result of overconfidence and, and, and a 
good track record of success, I've always felt that I can just do that intuitively, you know, and just say, okay, here's what I need to do. I know, you know what I mean? I don't have to have it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, but it becomes evident as you pivot into a new business how critical that is and how overconfidence can get you in trouble if you don't map it out professionally. Yeah, super sound advice there because, I mean, yeah, we can all say we want to have $450 million worth of real estate, but what does it actually take? We don't know what it takes. How are you going to get there? Like just having, just having an angle doesn't, doesn't mean really much at all. You have to know the roadmap. To get and I think it's, a, you know, some people may find out what it takes to, to have $450 million, whatever that goal, and they realize, I don't want that because it's going to take 14-hour days or it's going to take yeah. maybe seven partnerships. And some people say, you know, I got young kids. I want to work 40 hours a week. I don't want seven partnerships. I don't want to do what it takes to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, what's a favorite, what's a favorite book, uh, that you can give to our listeners? Oh man, good question. Um, I'm reading an interesting book about distressed debt and, uh, forgive me, I'm not going to be able to remember, uh, I think it's called bad paper and the author is Halperin. Uh, but it's an interesting book sort of that weaves through the underworld of debt collectors. Um, that's an interesting one that I'm reading because it, it's, it's a little bit fascinating how that whole underworld debt collection, it's almost like debt collection meets mafia. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, so that's an interesting read right now. Um, but honestly, I need to uh, re-up my, my library and <laughs> get to reading a more broader broader scope of books. Uh, that's good. Um, Alex, how do you like to give back? Um, I really like to help young entrepreneurs. I think that giving somebody the confidence, the roadmap, the financial stability is one of the best things you could do for people. And I think with that, they, they end up paying it back because someone else has helped them along the way. I think they, be, they become uh, you know, empowered in a position of financial strength to help their community. So I love that. And, and it's, it's right in my skill set to really you know, look under the hood and help young entrepreneurs figure out their businesses, whether it's real estate, um, uh, you know, whatever it is. I've had literally this week a few phone calls from referrals of younger or not so younger, but earlier in their in their process of starting businesses, evaluating businesses, and I love that. So that's that's one of my ways uh, to give back. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and it's it's definitely needed. I mean, we need to continue to have good, solid, strong businesses that help boost our economy and and move things along in the right path. So that's awesome. Um, last question before we wrap up. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and I need to write that one down, but I'll go back to the intuitive uh, of really what, what I've done. Um, diversification, I think, for, has been successful for me that I've never put all my eggs in one basket. So whether it's having the engine of cash flow, which is your primary business, and then living below your means, 
I've always done that. I've never, you know, bought flashy things. And, and so I've, I've taken that, that cash and reinvested it. I've always looked at, I've had, I still have uh, an amazing CFO that, you know, scrutinizes every maneuver and deal and opportunity for good, smart tax advantage investments. Mm. So everything I do goes through that lens as well, because, you know, doing a smart move one year, but doing that over 20 years, the compounding effect is incredible. Yeah. Um, and then I would say back to kind of the meat of our conversation is finding your who and leveraging relationships that allows you to scale. Uh, if, you, if you do that, I think you can create a tremendous amount of wealth. And obviously I believe in, in real estate as the main you know, vehicle for wealth, whether it's notes, apartments, um, you know, for me, I look at that as, um, and it's also, it's not just, uh, you know, I look at some of the guys that do fix and flips and it's great for them, um, but it's transactional, it's one time yeah. and then you're done. So I love the fact that in, in the note space, the apartment space, um, you do the work, the heavy lift up front. And of course there's, there's, there's work along the way, but it keeps on paying. Yeah. And that's how you really build, build equity and, and wealth. Absolutely. Um, I got a question I didn't ask you at the beginning. I meant to ask you, what'd you teach in high school? I taught, uh, coincidentally, I taught business and history. So I've got, you know, dual degrees and I was always interested in history, but I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So yeah. there I was teaching basic marketing <laughs> and basic business to high school kids, which was, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, awesome, Alex. I really appreciate you coming on the show. How can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to reach out, want to learn more about you and what you do? Sure. So my company is ashlandcapitalfund.com. Um, you can get on my website, reach me there. My first name is spelled with an I-A-L-I-X at ashlandcapitalfund.com. Awesome. Alex, again, really appreciate it. A ton of good information. Uh, awesome story and uh, had a lot of fun on the show. So thanks. thanks a lot. And yeah. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Awesome. Take care. Todd. Talk soon. Hey, thanks Alex Colgan for joining us on the show. Appreciate uh, having you and uh, a couple key items that I took from the show. First of all, uh, recognize what is lacking in the market and then fill that in. Um, ne next thing he talked about, Alex talked about is look, just, having the right team so important having the right people and uh you know aligning with others that are successful and then the last thing he talks about is uh, is just diversifying making sure you've got a good diverse portfolio good diverse business um and and leading that to success so again appreciate alex for joining us on the show i uh, hope you learned a ton i know i did and take just one thing from this episode, apply it to your life and apply it to your business and see the results. I'm Todd Dykesermer signing out. Make every day a Saturday. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to 
more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.